for a woman who had been told by doctors that she could never walk again without support climbing mount everest seemed like a dream aparna prabhu desai made it possible with her willpower hello and welcome to another episode of candid talks with bharatvi this is bharat vatsai your host of the show and today's episode is all about her journey of grit and determination please do listen to this episode till the end before we begin please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast show and you can connect with me on my facebook page at candid talks with bharatvi to chaliye sunte hain unke is safar ki kahani unki zubani This is Aparna Prabhu Desai, a mountaineer, a cyclist, a runner. Come, listen to me talk and share this journey. Mere saath is safar pe chaliye. Aur aap mujhe sun rahe hai on Candid Talks with Bharat V. Welcome to the show, Aparna. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Bharat, for asking me to be here. And uh, you have waited for a while for me to reach out. <laughs> yeah. so, like that's, said, that's right. I'm not uh, much of a social media person. But, uh, and it took me a while before I sort of uh, connected the dots and said, okay, I'm going to respond and say, <laughs> I don't want to be on the show. Mm-hmm. and so that's where it is and thank you for for so you know, patiently accommodating the time so no problem pleasure is mine so aparna let me ask you this you know uh, before we move ahead to hear about your experiences uh, if you can let us uh, know about you know the issues uh, why exactly and what exactly was the problem why did the doctors say that you could never walk again without any support so uh, the why is a is a bit of a mystery very honestly because um i don't and we don't and nobody really did at least till the time that i went up to everest we didn't seem to be finding a reason why mm-hmm. but it started with um you know a, a bone breaking and uh, initially there were uh, what you call hairline fractures, fractures you know so that when bones break and then there are fractures when they sort of crack or there is trouble with the bones mm-hmm. and it started that way with uh, one or two uh, snaps and breaks it started with a lot of pain in the bone so it started with a basic check because i was i was already 40 by then and a very typical prognosis that doctors have is once you're 40 as a woman um, your bone density reduces Reduces. so began trip to the doctors uh, that had me go through a bone density scan and you know blood work checked for calcium and other things mm-hmm. and by and large everything looked fine i mean sure the bone density was a little less but it wasn't um dramatic that okay it could it should cause uh, fractures without reason mm-hmm. you know that okay if you fell and you broke your bone it's one thing but um possibly while i'm standing in the kitchen and i try and you know make my rotis and so my wrist picks up a fracture is not uh, is is something that needs to be looked in a little more yeah, yeah. and that's what began uh, trips to doctors or or getting opinions and uh, all i knew was i didn't seem to find solution all i knew was 
I was now taking a whole lot of pills, uh, which probably, uh, as my brother, who's a doctor, tells okay. me, were more of a cocktail of painkillers than really uh, any healing. Hmm. And we were attempting to, and, and he lives in Canada, so he was trying to get me to say that, you know, run this test, run that, look out for, we said arthritis, then we ruled it out, then we said look for a rheumatoid, hmm. uh, there's some RH factor or something, and, you know, so various tests really, and it just went from, do we want to look at cancer, is it bone marrow cancer, so okay. all kinds of factors, but not and everything would keep getting ruled out saying no not this not that um and in the process the only thing that was happening was i think i was just getting from bad to worse uh, mm-hmm. mentally and physically and the pain kept increasing okay to a point where um i was one, then told that you know if you want to reduce the pain you're going to have to look at support which means i would rely on a walker in the house which meant uh, having to look at a wheelchair yeah. uh, to move around for mobility outside. Um, and that was what I was uh, looking at and facing. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, sort of been the journey. We still didn't know what was the reason uh, till a point where I said, okay, this can't go on. So I think, um, you know, t- till that point I did take, I mean, the last time I remember I was, I think, consuming some 12 or 14 tablets uh, of all sorts. And, and they were probably vitamins in it there were probably supplements in it there were probably painkillers like my brother said mm-hmm. but uh, without without really knowing why so so you reached a peak yeah reached a peak of saying uh, now uh, do i look at the wheelchair becoming my mobility mode for the rest of my life mm-hmm. um and and it loomed large that really loomed large in front of me so okay. um, it, it was something that was telling me i don't know where to go with this okay so, so how did you, uh, you know, uh, so after reaching that peak, then when you said, okay, now that's it. I mean, it can't keep, uh, you know, going on. So, so yeah. what exactly did uh, you do and how did you overcome this challenge and how did you take a U-turn from there? So I think, like I said, that things were looking from bad to worse. Um, at that point in time, I used to work as um, a trainer with the corporate world. Okay. And um, I was uh, sort of studying, learning to uh, move to the next step as a coach. Uh, so I was I was uh, studying to get my uh, myself certified as accredited coach, mm-hmm. and uh, also I was parallelly uh, looking at studying uh, uh, behavioral psychology. And I was uh, you know so those were ongoing. And for one such workshop, I was uh, I went to Bangalore. And uh, where we talked a lot about how powerful the human mind is mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And there, um, one of our facilitators for the workshop, um, you know, I think that person had this knack and that was part of the role of that facilitator that, you know, okay. the person needed to bring to fore uh, what um, the person observed was happening within the group. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, how some of us were avoiding certain things, how some of us were becoming mouthpiece for somebody else, how someone, and, and this person's observations were so bang on, obviously, and none of us as humans really like to be told the truth, I guess. And and so most of us were unhappy about this facilitator. And to a point, I guess, that somewhere in our minds, you know, when you're angry or upset with somebody, you tend to say things saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. big deal, you know a lot, or, or I don't like you, or why are you picking up on me, those kind of things. Right. And we tend to, I guess, such a 
level between us collectively, the six-member team that we were, that this uh, facilitator uh, fell ill by evening. Now, we didn't want the person, of course, to feel ill, but I think all that negative energy that we uh-huh. were, you know, directing towards this person, okay. um, helped this person ill. And, um, you know, next day we had uh, one of the other facilitators come up and say, you know, guys, um, you, you must understand that there's only a role that is being performed. The person has nothing against any of you individually. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to stop um, you know, directing so much of negative energy towards this person because the person's unwell now oh. and we're going to try and get someone else to step in for you people today, but just become aware of this. And it just got me thinking through the day and that was the la- uh, you know, second last day of the workshop. So we mm-hmm. went through and then the next day, which was the last day of the workshop, our facilitator did come back. And that day was comparatively sort of easier because we were maybe all of us were you know, wanting to really learn or maybe we were accepting feedback mm. from this person a little more willingly, etc. Okay. And then I remember taking the flight back to Bangalore, uh, from Bangalore to Pune uh, post the workshop. And I had a friend of mine who'd also attended the workshop and he was with me. And as we came back, I kept thinking on the flight all along that if someone's negative energies and thoughts uh, can make someone ill, mm then someone's positive energy and thoughts um, should make someone well. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I mean, why would, uh, you know, if, if the mind is so powerful, then if yeah. you think that you're well, then you should be well because we thought unwell or ill of someone and that person had I'd seen that happen. So when we did reach, um, you know, Pune Airport, uh, as, as you are aware, since you're from Pune City, mm-hmm. um, we've got to walk from the plane, you know, on the tarmac to the main building and, and yes. you go... Yeah. Um, and then I'm talking about the time when Pune Airport did not have those overhead bridges. So you didn't really, yeah. you know, use an overhead bridge and walk across. Yeah. So we had to walk down and, um, you know, after a two hour seated journey, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to walk. So anyway, before we'd left and we'd requested for support in a wheelchair and my friend was going to wheel me out. Mm-hmm. But as we landed in, in Pune, I wanted to test this whole learning of the five days that the mind is strong. Hmm. So I told my friend that, um, you know, no, no wheelchair. I'm just going to walk. And he said, are you sure? I mean, do you want to really do this? And Hmm. whatever. And I said, no, I'm certain. I want to walk. It's going to pain, I guess, but I'm going to walk. Okay. And I got down those uh, steps because I wasn't an indigo. They have those, you know, ramps, but, um, Uh, the, these guys had um, steps. I think it was the spice jet. I don't remember which flight, but anyway, it was a, it was that, and we came down. And my brother had come to pick me up. My elder brother had come to pick me up from the airport, and he looked at me and he was surprised. I was, you know, he said, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. And I came back home and I called up my uh, doctor brother in Canada. It was mm-hmm. the start of his morning and you know end of my day. day. And he said, um, "I said, you know." I made up my mind from tomorrow. I don't care what you guys, what your doctors say. I'm just going to be fine. Okay. And he said, oh, in fact, I was just going to call you in the morning because I knew you were coming back tonight from Bangalore. I was going to call you in the morning Hmm. and I have fixed up this appointment. Um, There's a colleague of mine who's visiting India. He's big in Germany now in orthopedics. And I think you should go and see him. And I've lined up a meeting with him. And I said, no, I made up my mind from (laughs) starting from today. No Hmm. more doctors. 
so he very you know kind of in a meek voice he said um, there's a psychiatrist friend of mine also if you want to see <laughs> <laughs> okay i was livid with him i said listen you're the doctor mm-hmm. but you're also my brother mm-hmm. so you're going to fix me and you're going to tell me what i have to do other than medicine okay and and he said you know you're you're angry right now just sleep i said no i don't want you to tell me i'm angry right now i want you to tell me how i'm going to fix this because i'm mm-hmm. going to prove all of you people wrong i'm not just going to walk i'm going to mm-hmm. walk i'm going to run i'm okay. going to cycle i'm going to reach the highest point on earth and i said that and oh. he says okay fine just sleep right now we'll talk in the morning your morning i'm also getting late for work so let mm-hmm. me head out and i will call you at the end of my day and i said okay and and sort of you know uh, we stormed off and and he called me that evening and he said uh, okay how are you feeling now and i said i'm fine and i still maintain what i said so he says okay you know by the way um the highest point on earth is everest everest and i said and i said yeah okay so i'm going to climb everest and he says oh we are still talking the same stuff and i said yes <laughs> okay and he said theek hai wo baad mein dekhte hain you know mm. let's let's talk about that later yeah abhi kya karna hai i said you tell me you are the doctor so you tell me so he said listen i i can't figure out we don't seem to find answers uh, it's not like there's anything wrong with you mm. uh, but it seems to be a bone problem so why don't we do one thing let's start building bone strength and uh, we will then take it from there okay i said okay no medicine and he says all right no medicine mm-hmm. we'll just uh, look at bone strength i said all right so i'll i'll join a gym and he says no please don't do that do anything else which means we'll build your muscle strength first mm-hmm. once your muscles are strong it reduces the weight on the bones and then we'll also you know look at food and diet and see how we can get the bone strong and that was his advice and i think that was that u turn that you asked me for okay, okay because then the next morning i stepped out to say i'm going to walk um you know and and rest like they say is really history because that's oh. where i took that first step with confidence of saying i'm going to you know walk my life back on track <laughs> amazing so during that argument when you said you know okay i'll climb mount everest and you actually maintained that what you said when you started building up your muscles and you started working towards that when exactly uh, what point of time in your life you uh, got to know that okay i think now i am fit and i am not facing any more problems no more pains and i think i am now ready to climb mount everest so that was an interesting journey this time frame that i told you about was you know roughly uh, 2011 and 2012 when all of this happened Okay. Uh 2012 like I said the minute I had said yes now I make up my mind. Uh I think it's about that whole thing that they say right you put the intent out and then things start yeah. happening. Yeah. Very honestly when I said Everest I mean I didn't say Everest my brother pointed it out to me it was Everest. But yeah. um, and then you know it's an ego issue right? Ab to matlab izzat ka sawal hai ab to Everest bol diya hai. Bol diya. Without knowing how Commitment, commitment kar diya to kar diya kar diya you know yeah. and it's an ego thing right it's right. a big ego thing hmm. and between me and my brothers um so i i have three brothers and uh, okay. it's always been that it's been three brothers and a sister and it's always been an ego thing of the three of them on one side needling me as we grew up <laughs> and me proving to them that i was no less 
than the three of them. Please so, give me their uh, social handles. I will tag them when <laughs> I post this podcast. <laughs> yes. So you know, I've, I've always been this thing of saying I'm I'm no less. Uh, okay. All our growing years, the competition was about uh, attempting to be uh, like them, be equals, be whatever. You yeah. know, prove I was stronger. And they didn't miss out on a chance to tell me I wasn't, but um, it it was that. And and, and you then, were the youngest. Uh, no, I have a younger brother, uh, so okay. he's one is younger than me. Okay. But I think he just anyway took the ownership of looking after the sister. Even now, yeah. uh, after all these years, he yeah. continues to you know baby sister me. That's a different mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. But three brothers who uh, and and we are very close to each other in age. Okay. So you know we're barely years apart. Like literally one year, one year, one year kind of. Uh, you know, four of us in a row, sort of thing. Okay. So there are. Um, it's it's very. Um, uh, it's we 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 just very thick and strong. Mm-hmm. And these, um, you know, so I had said that, and that was as I said, eleven and twelve as a time frame. And um, in that, and when I put that intent out, and just then, uh, a friend of mine who's who's a phenomenal, um, you know, trekker. She's a runner. She's an athlete. She's she's just amazing. And. She said she was heading out on a trek, and okay. uh, we got talking. And she said, "Would I want to go?" And I was like very uncertain, you know, a trek. I had people around me say, uh, "Are you sure you want to do this?" I mean, a trek is going to be difficult. Hmm. But um, you know, अब सब तो डाल दिया था कटने के लिए तो कटवाना था काइंड ऑफ स्टोरी so i had put myself out on the chopping block so i said now let's do this mm-hmm. and i remember going and buying my first backpack and uh, you know fancy uh, walking poles and and then it's me it's all about style i don't right. care what i do <laughs> it's important i look good doing it yeah, yeah. so so you know i went straight mm-hmm. to viscraft and these things are expensive you know yeah. so i had a friend say why don't you uh, borrow from somebody because you don't even know if you can do this trick Right. And uh, whether you and I'm like no, I need my own stuff, and I'm going to buy the best that is, etc. Yeah. So I went and I bought this fancy, expensive backpack and walking poles and you know um, a whole lot of other gear that I needed. Right. And next, I knew I was in Himachal with this friend of mine and a group of people, um, doing a very simple, basic trek uh, to the Laka Glacier, mm-hmm. but. Um, it wasn't simple for me there was nothing easy about that trek it was it was really tough okay. and that guide who was with us and my friend uh, more than half the times i think you know they were lugging me on their shoulders literally supporting me and making me walk uh, but i didn't give up and I, and i i did that and the same friend said you know i love the energy and i think i would i would want to um would you want to go to everest base camp with me Okay. And I heard the word Everest. I didn't hear anything else. And I'm saying, <laughs> yes, but uh, and she said, no, no, it's look at you, and and we can do this. And and she said, no, I've I've not been able to for some reasons. And let's go. Maybe we'll go together, and we can do it. Mm. And okay. And we knew before we knew she, uh, the three of us, she and another friend from Delhi had joined, and the three of us were in Nepal. Um, as luck would have it, or maybe. the universe wanted different the weather was bad we couldn't do anything we just mm-hmm. came back and i asked her as what do i continue to do and she said just work at your fitness and i said okay so this walking of mine now 
through this friend of mine, I had met a group of people who used to do some running. And I said, okay, I will come in. So they had these events. The group is called Pune Running. Mm-hmm. And uh, they used to organize this last Sunday of the month run. Yeah. And it would happen on the last Sunday. And, and I joined in and I enrolled myself for a three kilometers. Okay. And, um, you know, there was this fancy bib. And then I went shopping again saying, you know, I need running short running now. Short. <laughs> and <laughs> because clothes are needed, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I had friends saying, well, you're, you're slack, so your tights from your trekking can do. And I'm like, no, no, running shorts. So <laughs> there I am running shorts and a t-shirt. Nah, not sure I can even walk the three kilometers, but looking at running shorts nonetheless. Jo karna and, um, style mein karna. <laughs> As I said, it doesn't matter what I do. I have to look pretty doing it. Yeah. That's more important. Absolutely. So there I was, uh, you know, there I was um, with, with my running shoes and doing my first three kilometers. Mm-hmm. And this was the June of 2013. Okay. This was also, of course, after, um, uh, you know, so that October when the Everest thing did not happen, the following uh, May uh, found us uh, back in Nepal because the okay. airlines had ag- agreed to you know uh, give us the tickets sort of reschedule our tickets because we were cancelling and all of that and our, our uh, person the operator in Nepal had agreed to run this for us for free at the same cost etc okay. only thing was when we went back we were actually a group of nine people now from the three that had originally gone mm-hmm. and uh, the beautiful part of that trek for me was um out of the nine, uh, there were only two of us who actually reached the top of the place, which is called Kalapathar, okay. uh, at base camp. I used to be lagging every single day. I was the last person in in camp. Uh, one, you know, guide was assigned to me who would keep rather porter used to keep nudging me because he'd say, "Ho jayega, didi." Okay. Um, so, um, as I was saying, that you know, the guide would bring me in and so on and so forth, but. The two of us who reached the top of Kalapathar, out of the nine of us. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Uh, as I stood there uh, on the 5th of May, 2013, um, on Kalapathar, and Everest is exactly opposite. Okay. And I, I okay. sort of looked up at that goddess there, and I folded my hands, and uh, you know, I, I asked of the goddess, saying, 2017 summer, hmm. allow me to come back and climb all the way. And all, I, the, and I had, all the way up to the, up to the top. Up to the top, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And um, even then, I really didn't know what I was asking for. Hmm. But I think uh, you know when they say that, be very careful what you ask for. Wishes yeah. are granted. Granted. I think that was that tathastu moment for me. Uh-huh. Uh, the goddess had already said tathastu even before I had come down. Very okay. honestly. Okay. But I had come back and I said this to my friend, saying, you know, 2017, I'm going to come back and climb. And she didn't bat an eyelid and she said, of course you can. Hmm. And uh, I came back and I sort of made this announcement at home saying, I'm going to scale Everest. Okay. And um, I think people, who, my, my family first was looking at me saying, okay, now this one's really lost it in life. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't even have to go out and tell friends that. Hmm. And that's when uh, that June of that same 2013 that I did that first three kilometers and uh, we were a very small community in Pune that time that used to run. Mm-hmm. So by July, when I went back for the July last Sunday of the month, looking at three kilometers again, uh, naturally I was a repeat face from June. So people saw and then they said, oh, you want to run 
are you you know and i said i've never been a sports person all my life so okay. you want to run why and i said oh i want to climb everest and uh, you know i i don't think anyone even heard that statement okay but to me i think by repeating it i was getting it deeper and deeper mm-hmm. and that's really when uh, that entire journey of preparing for everest began so okay. 2013 that i started my journey keeping that 2017 in mind wow yeah. and so it's pretty long time i mean yeah 12 uh, that first climb i mean first going to nepal yeah. Yeah. and 13 when i went up to base camp and saying 17 i will go four years yeah. yes yeah yeah amazing so for you to you know be able to climb everest in 17 mm-hmm. i mean you started your workout you started doing the you know running you started doing marathons also i believe you started participating yes. in marathons as well so during that time did you uh, and you said that you also were a fitness coach i believe with the, some of the corporates or that what that happened no, later on yeah no not a fitness coach i was studying to be a behavioral coach oh, using okay. my behavioral okay. psychology yeah using Pardon. my degree in behavioral psychology okay. as okay. a coach uh, there but i did start off a group uh, in viman nagar because i used to run alone mm-hmm. um and then i would get hold of people who were you know who i saw running random people who would run i would go up to them and tell them how i had a group which i didn't okay. have then okay. but i would say oh i have a group come and join me just looking okay. for company acha but okay. um, now of course we are a very big group in viman nagar mm-hmm. um, but then we are also a very big group of runners in pune city now it, okay. it's now almost everybody runs awesome so my question was that when you started preparing yourself you know for this mm-hmm. climb how exactly uh, i mean what all preparations did you do i mean did you also take some sort of uh, physiotherapy some uh, some uh, advice from any any specific trainers so that you know they could help you to build your muscle mass and take relevant uh, supplements or whatever required and and diet food diet basically which could help you to you know build up that mass and uh, increase your resistance power so that because when you and I'll come to that part because we would like to hear that as well because there'll be a lot of challenges which you would have faced while climbing everest i mean that's altogether a different uh, zone yeah so yeah. so how did you help yourself how how did you prepare for that uh, climb okay so um you know once i had set and once i knew what i was going to go and do mm-hmm. um so i guess like i said that this book, my friend of course came in and the universe got her over in that sense um i also similarly uh, met or i was told by the running community because people knew in 2014 that i was talking about you know scaling everest now people were listening to it because i was already saying 2017 and we were already into 14 by then hmm. and uh, someone messaged and said you know um there is this person who's just scaled everest he's going to have a talk uh, do you want to attend and i said of course i want to attend so um i went to hear uh, this guy speak kishor dhankode um kishor has now done both north and south uh, mm-hmm. sides south okay. side is nepal and north is china mm-hmm. and um, i went to hear him speak and once he finished sharing his experience uh, i remember walking up to him and saying um, you know uh, i'm glad to have met you and even i want to climb everest and he looked at me with this look on his face saying yeah yeah absolutely i mean you know everybody wants to climb everest yeah, yeah. so 
uh, of course, I, I took his number and I said, I will call him. Um, and uh, he said, yeah, yeah, don't worry, do call me. And I gave him about a week's time. Um, I called, I think he was busy, he didn't answer. Uh, mm-hmm. A week later, I called him again. And I said, you remember I met you that day and I said, I want to climb Everest. And he says, oh, you still want to climb Everest? And that's like, you know, <laughs> okay. because I think I looked very mm-hmm. far as a person from anyone who seemed to be wanting to climb Everest, you know, as, as a person, um, and especially because I was never a sports person. I think I'm one of those who's uh, always sari clad and, and very okay. uh, non-sport looking woman. And, um, you know, here I had this absolutely long set of hair and, and, and nothing, I mean, nothing about me looked sporty in any mm. form really, which is probably why I would go out and buy these fancy sports clothes anyway. But um, there was there was that bit. And he said, okay, let's meet. And I remember going and meeting him. And he okay. said, so have you decided you want to go from the north side or south side? And I was like, okay, there's a side to Everest. And I realized how much I needed oh. to really, you know, Perfect. find out yeah. more about the mountain. So he said, uh, what's your experience? And I said, uh, I went on this trek to Himachal and I have gone on the base camp trek. And okay. he says, okay. Base camp, as you realize, is base camp. You know, mm-hmm. it's at 5,000 meters. You're talking of another three and a half. And I'm sure those five also were not easy. And I said, no, they were not. Base camp trek was not easy. Yeah. And he says, so now think what you want to do. Give it a thought. Uh, are you trained? Would you, I think you should look for some training and then go. Mm-hmm. Um, and he let, let it at that. And I said, okay, I'll come back to you if I need further guidance. And he was really nice about it. And he said, yes, yeah, sure. Uh, come back. Um, in the meantime, and I did share with him what my challenges were. And I said, I'm going to, I'm running right now. Uh, he said, you should probably cycle as well because cross training for muscles is important. Mm-hmm. And that's when I sort of took back my cycle and I started also cycling um, as a preparation mm-hmm. for building muscle. Okay. But in the meantime, I found out saying, okay, if I have to go to the mountain, I guess it's not trekking anymore. It's mountaineering. Yeah. So let's find out who can teach me that. And I discovered that there were five uh, mountaineering institutes in India. Yeah. So I called up the first, uh, I mean, you know, I started calling them one by one. I called four of them, all four, uh, when I, when they checked my uh, age and details and I said I was over 40 and they said, you know, we have an age limit of 40. We don't take people after 40. Mm-hmm. So four of them turned me down and I was now left with only one. And the fifth one, when I decided I was smart, I, I looked up the website Okay. I looked up the website of uh, that in uh, that institute, mm-hmm. and this time I got very smart. I didn't, you know, I didn't call them up. Right. I first, I first paid up the fees. Okay. And then I called, saying, "I have made an online payment. Would you please confirm if you have received it?" And they said yes. And the course starts on this date. And I said okay. And okay. Um, next, I knew I was, you know, at the institute. Mm-hmm. Um, I had also, of course, by then heard that these guys might be a little more flexible about age, go over. And next I knew I was in Manali, um, you know, facing my, um, the head instructor or the chief instructor. Mm-hmm. And um, he looks at me, now he looks at my form. And he <laughs> says, Madam, the umar thodi zada nahi hai. 
<laughs> I was like, "Thodi zada," but this was like ridiculous, right? But I was, I and I still remember, um, you know, it was it was the June of uh, that year um, mm-hmm. of 2015 mm-hmm. because 14 was when I met this gentleman who'd done his Everest and come back, and yeah. 15 was when I, you know, the first course was happening. As in, the season opens up in June. and there i was i had signed up for the first course and mm-hmm. um it was june of um at 2015 and okay. i was soon going to be 45 so uh, this was obviously and i said sir 45 tak ka to allowed hai na yahan pe and he says ha par aap and i said sir abhi thoda time hai you know whatever <laughs> and i somehow pushed him saying sir aapko acha nahi laga to aap pass mat karna mm. you know and and what i was looking for was um so the way it works is a basic course there's basic mountaineering and there's advanced mountaineering and i was looking for basic and advanced and i was saying that um i wanted an advanced because an advanced course actually meant an entire expedition okay. to a mountain and basic course just took you to camp 1 of a particular mountain but advanced meant a full expedition and all of that was happening within the course fees which at that point in time was 11000 rupees and it was it seemed you know far more reasonable because i spent already so much on uh, just my base camp trek was a whole lot right and i said okay uh, i can do that and that's why i wanted to do an advanced course but to do an advanced i needed to get an a grade in my basic otherwise i couldn't do advanced and here i was telling the instructor take me you can flunk me if i don't do well but let me do the course mm-hmm. and we were 103 uh, sorry 107 students there were 100 boys and 7 girls i'm including myself in girls right now but um 107 of us after me the oldest student of the course was a 23 year old wow. okay and here i was a 45 year old 23 okay. was practically the age my daughter was at you know at that point in time mm-hmm. uh, my eldest child was 23 then and that's where we were at in terms of age uh, but i did that course mm-hmm. and i uh, was able to successfully finish my course i also got the best cadet for the course i got an a grade wow. for the course okay and i went to do the advance um mountaineering is what i applied for okay. and i applied immediately in september and he, because that was the next available and he said because uh, advance course they have only one in the year june onwards the basic batches start mm-hmm. off all the way into september advance only 30 of us were there on the course and now my instructor was like are madam ji ye to age mein nahi baithta and course was starting on the 1st of september right and i remember telling him saying you know sir 15 din aap age ki taraf mat dekhiye 15 din main age nahi dekhti hu and you know we can both <laughs> stay within 45 <laughs> and that's how i did my advanced course and okay. i did my expedition hmm. um i still didn't tell them that time that i was looking to prepare for everest okay i just did the course i didn't tell them that i knew okay. it Mm-hmm. but that got me my first peak which was you know climbing to a 5500 meter mountain and which was and, that uh, so this uh, was friendship the peak is called friendship okay. um and it's very close from manali and uh, we went to do the friendship peak so 7 okay. uh, 17500 meters and um, uh, uh, feet not meters mm-hmm. and we went and did that and then i saw, by then i was like you know saying at least two things that i have to do in the year i had now built my route i knew i was going to go from the north side okay by the time i did the mountaineering course my basic mountaineering mm-hmm. i understood what i was looking for and i said i need to prepare and put together a few mountains at least mm-hmm. so i had already plotted when was i going to do what okay. and that's what i did i did this 5 and 1/2000 
that I moved to a 6,000 meter, which was Tokkangri. Mm-hmm. I moved further uh, into Nepal and I did the um, island peak, which is okay. another 6,000 plus mountain. Mm-hmm. Then I did a 7,000 in 2016, um, just before I went for Everest in 2017. Mm-hmm. So I slowly scaled the mountains. I also continued my fitness in terms of running. So I, I went... Um, and I did my uh, running continued. So the distances that had started as three kilometers increased from three to five to 10 wow. uh, to a half marathon, 21 uh, to a full marathon, uh, 42. Uh, and then I went in to do an ultra, which was 75 kilometers. And okay. the 75 was not to run 75, but the 75 was because we had 11 hours to complete it. And 11 hours is the turnaround time that we get to scale Everest, the last push from summit camp to summit, the mm-hmm. time available is 11 hours. Okay. So I think by then I was doing anything and everything to be able to reach Everest. Dreams must come first because dreams give birth to goals. You must have a desire and nurture it in your mind until it becomes a burning desire that you are ready to pursue. That is when they can be turned into goals. Captured dreams become goals. That was Aparna Prabhu Desai, who turned her dream into a goal and with her willpower and determination made it possible that was impossible to achieve. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast show Candid Talks with Bharat V. If you like the show, Please do like, subscribe and share with others. If listening on Apple Podcasts, do not forget to rate 5 stars. If on Spotify or YouTube, do not forget to subscribe and share. Is ke saath hum aaj ka safar yahi samapt karte hain. Baaton ka silsila jari rahega with Aparna Prabhu Desai on next episode of Candid Talks with Bharat V. Stay home, stay safe. This is Bharat Vatsa signing off for today. Duaon mein yaad rakhna. Jai Hind.